Imagine drivers on your residential street speed by, putting the kids and parents walking at risk. So, you decide that the car dealers must pay a tax on all cars sold to fund driver awareness programs. That would seem a bit of an overreaction and misplaced responsibility for the problem. Two state representatives in Oregon want to increase the tax on cider and beer and wine by magnitudes to deal, in part, with the binge drinking problem on campus. What could go wrong? The Culinary Libertarian Podcast, Episode 130. Welcome to the Culinary Libertarian Podcast, where the philosophy is free, but the food is on you. Libertarian. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy to have you here. Happy to be here. The weather is warming up, but dinner still needs to be cooked. My cookbook, Cooking for Comfort, can help you on your way to one-pot meals. Check out the reader slash cook submitted photos and order the book on my blog page, culinarylibertarian.com slash cookingforcomfort. Will Hobson returns to the show. Will was here last month to discuss coalition building, a skill which, as it happens, is going to come in handy. Today we are talking about the state, taxation, and alcohol. It is almost as if we are in the 1920s instead of the 2020s. Will and I discuss the what, why, and hows of what looks like a redo of history. Hello, Will. Welcome back to the Culinary Libertarian Podcast. Hey, nice to be back, Dan. I invited you on today to discuss a bill currently in the 2021 Oregon, Legisl- the Oregon Legislature, the Addiction Recovery Crisis Act. Now, while this bears, at least in spirit, a resemblance to the temperance movement, movement that led to prohibition and the 18th Amendment, The group behind this effort, Oregon Recovers, seems to at least bear or appear like the Anti-Saloon League. Now, on your Facebook group, you mentioned this group and that this thing existed, which is how I came aware of it. Let's start with some of the basics. What do they intend? And then I have some follow-up questions. Yeah, uh, well, I kind of recently found out about them myself too um back in uh right around the election day of last year i learned about uh a bill that was floating around called bill 3296 um uh, that would have this massive massive spike in the uh alcohol tax here um here in oregon um, the actual, some of the numbers that were getting thrown around from a, uh, uh, a, a Facebook page called, uh, don't tax my drink, which I believe is funded by the, uh, I think it's the Oregon, uh, Oregon drink Alliance or Oregon alcohol Alliance or, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll find out exactly what it is, but, uh, basically it's an industry group, um, of like breweries, wineries, distillers, distributors, um, they posted this House Bill 3296 would increase taxes on beer and cider by nearly 3,000%. Let me say that again 3,000%. And wine uh, taxes would increase by 1,700%, making Oregon the highest alcohol tax state in the nation. If the goal is to kill Oregon beer, wine, and cider sectors, this bill is a great start. Um, and uh, I actually uh, talked to a friend. I, I've been uh, messaging some of my more uh, liberal, socialist, democratic friends about this, and every single one of them uh, is pretty up in arms about it. It's, this is a very bipartisan, tri-quad-partisan. I haven't found a single person uh, out in the ether that's in my friend group that is really for this. Um, uh, but yeah, one of the friends told me that, you know, hey, the next 
highest tax state if this actually were to pass would be Tennessee at $40 a barrel. Uh, and they want to raise it up to, I think, $72.60 a barrel, which uh, is essentially the cost of ingredients uh, for, for most, uh, like, ciders or beers. Um, so <laughs> they think that uh, raising taxes is going to help with, quote-unquote, underage and binge drinking, which if anyone has read history, that should immediately send up a red flag about, you know, the pro, you know, the temperance movement and, you know, the kind of language they started to use, um, back a hundred years, you know, over a hundred years ago. Right. So they do. And I've read through some of the stuff, the tax proposals are, <laughs> They're ambitious, but it's it's it borders on Same. just lunacy. Um, do they have a plan for how they think this tax money would fix binge drinking and underage drinking? And are there other issues they think merit uh, attention? I think they have the same philosophy as the people who raise you know, taxes up, you know, ridiculous levels saying like, hey, if it gets too expensive, then you won't do it. But it's really just punishing poor people that want to drink uh, and making, you know, it harder for them to enjoy, you know, a, a, a pleasure of life. And yeah, some people do have problems drinking. I'm not saying that. Some people may need, you know, a detox facility or detox bed or, you know, some counseling, um, some extra resources. But these people are like barging in your house and saying, hey, this is how it's going to be now. Fork over this money or you don't get to operate your business. And I, I think breweries and wineries and throughout Oregon are some of the most altruistic organizations around. Like they're constantly funding causes. They would... You know, if you came to these people in a voluntary, and here's that word voluntary again, in a voluntary manner and said, hey, we have, you know, people are struggling with alcohol right now because of the lockdowns, another state, you know, imposed problem, you know, that's making another problem worse through unintended consequences. But hey, we have this problem, uh, you know, with alcohol right now, you know, some people are having, you know, addiction problems, uh, could you maybe spare some of your profits to, uh, you know, go towards this effort? You know what breweries would do? They would be lining up. They'd be like, yeah, let's help. We're not the problem. Tell me what you need. Let's do this. And they'd be able to spare what they can afford. So this bill says, I don't care if it's what you can or can't afford. We're taking it. And if you can't handle it, you go out of business, which it should I don't know, rub everyone the wrong way. <laughs> and it appears to have. I, I've, I've posted this in, in Green Party groups, uh, on the Oregon Libertarian Facebook page. I've posted it in Rural Progressives. Uh, I posted this, like, all over the place. Everyone is up in arms for it. And I did it so, yeah, I think there's a, a, a by you know, a big consensus of people uh, that can uh, form a coalition to just squash this. The breweries acting in a voluntary manner for aid is a good point, and it's one that I didn't think about, so I didn't do any research into it. But it, it, sounds, it sounds like I think in some places it's probably happening. But there's also, no, we'll, we can get into this part in a minute, but I want to make the observation that uh, Oregon is well known, I think, for some spectacular wines. There's there's amazing vineyards in Oregon, and yeah, the beer scene the in Oregon, the, it, it really is. And the beer scene's a big, big deal here. And it's it's kind of a source of pride that there are so many. You know, now some of them are big, but they started as small, and the artisanal beer community is really massive here, and it, it's a shame that this is a risk. Oregon Recovers does have a, a, a small mission statement. I want to read it because it's not too big. Quote, Oregon Recovers is a statewide network of individuals and organizations working together across sectors to transform Oregon's capacity to provide world-class treatment and support for Oregonians suffering from addiction to drugs and alcohol. 
Right now, Oregon ranks near the bottom in terms of adult and adolescent access to treatment and recovery services. Oregon Recovers proposes to flip that metric on its head over the next five years by mobilizing a diverse and politically powerful constituency of recovery advocates, allied organizations, legislative champions, and families of loss to secure adequate services and support to address Oregon's addiction epidemic in a meaningful and impactful way, end quote. Now, it sounds compassionate enough, but there's a few, a few phrases in there that are worded in a way to make the people who pay attention to these kinds of things say, well, wait a minute. Uh, anybody who recognizes that there's a problem, and everybody, yes, you said there are people who have drinking problems. There are people who have drug problems. There are people who have lots of issues. It has yet to be demonstrated that the person who speeds, that that's the fault of the car company. I don't, it's kind of, now somebody may balk at that comparison, but it seems a similar example that the thing being used is to blame for the misuse of the product. Well, I, that's another show, and I don't want to really get into the weeds of that, but the Oregon Recovers is not a new entity. They've been around in Oregon for a little while. Do you think the timing of this coming again is in coincidence to the new bill, uh, now law in Oregon for, uh, I forgot exactly what it is, but there's no, no illegal drugs now. Do you think that there's a correlation to that, or is that just coincidence? You know, I, I haven't done enough research on that to see if there's more of a connection with that point. I think it's more of a connection that, that this is an opportunity because of the lockdowns and because alcoholism is going up um, because of lockdowns, and, and people are separated from their social groups. They turn to something that helps, you know, ease the suffering of loneliness. And, you know, also people aren't going to bars and spending – Hey, you know what raises the price of drinks a lot? Going and drinking at a bar, you know, and going to a bartender who's going to cut you off, you start acting too silly. You know, I I actually posted, I said, like, hey, uh, when the drinking problem was starting to get, you know, uh, attention to the press, hey, you know, if bars were open, we had a pretty good system, you know. If someone got too drunk, they got kicked out. They weren't uh, allowed to keep, you know, drinking themselves. And we have plenty of protections in place. We... You know, you don't need to protect people from, you know, with a price point, you know, they're just going to spend, they'll, they'll, they'll spend more money on it, you know, a drinking at home because they can buy it in bulk, you know, and get a, a, a better rate. But, you know, if they're at a bar and they're drinking too much, you know, a real alcoholic is going to throw down the money for that extra drink at that point. Uh, but a bartender is just going to say no no matter how much money is, you know, theoretically, if they're a good bartender, <laughs> is going to say, Hey, you're, I'm responsible for your safety right now because you're impaired. Uh, I, do, I want to see you come back, you know, and, uh, Hey, you know, if you're starting to develop a, you know, a problem and, and stuff, there's a human being looking right at you saying, Hey, buddy, maybe it's time to work on yourself. You know, like that's, this whole lockdown business has just been a giant opportunity to pull, you know, pull this organization to the forefront and uh, give them uh, a great excuse to implement extremely draconian tax on on an industry that is loved throughout this state. And um, I will say uh, uh, there were some people online that were posting some, you know, bitter cigarette uh, smokers who are like, hey, serves you right. This is what you get, you know. Uh, and they say, I'm voting for this just to get back at you, you know. And that's the problem we get when we we tax other things other people love to death, you know. They there becomes you know bitterness and rivalry, and sometimes people want revenge, you know. Uh, and honestly, can't blame them much for it. I know I wish they wouldn't do it, but and I try to tell people like, hey, I always vote down. Uh, you know, tobacco taxes, but most people don't. And that's the thing is that when the power of the state can be wielded against uh, people easily, it's very tempting to uh, use it 
you know, for, for the tides to turn and for it to get used against you when you were using it against other people. Right. Anytime a bill appears, should the government, the answer is always no. Yeah. You know, it's there's a lot going on both in D.C. and at state levels, which is, I make it a joke, but it's not really a ha-ha joke. It's a sad joke that we're using the power of government to fix a problem created by the power of government. Yay. Uh, <laughs> you, so you mentioned that the bill intends to collect taxes, and they are substantial, uh, and you then use some of the things that they identified in their um and their fairly impressive webpage is to fund recovery centers, uh, X number of center, or a center per X number of people in a community, uh, fund various programs for people with alcohol recovery issues. Now, that some people struggle with alcoholism, we've already agreed, is not in dispute. Is managing that, and this has kind of been answered, but is managing that the business of the state? No. No, no, the, the state is not in it. Uh, the, the state is there to stop, I think, violent or fraudulent actions against citizens against one another. But, you know, just saying the state should come in and uh, say, hey, this this choice you're making that hurts no one but you uh, most of the time. And, and OK, maybe I shouldn't say that there there could be some harmful knock on effects, you know, to alcoholism, alcoholism. But, um, you know, the state is going to to figure out a way to expand its power. It likes it when problems are reoccurring so that they can uh, continue to be the hero that comes in and saves it. Uh, I think the private sector is much better at uh, going in and saying, hey, let's let's fix this. You know, like we were, uh, especially when it's grassroots, you know, these people care about something. They'll come in, they'll, they'll ask people, they'll try to, you know, for one thing, they'll they'll try to convince people of why it's a problem. The government doesn't have to convince, keep convincing people. It can just say, once this bill is passed, tough s. You know, like this is how it's going to be. You know, uh, they don't have to try to win hearts and minds at a certain point. Um, I guess unless the tide really starts turning against them. I think that there are some things the state can like violence. Yeah, yeah, again, and fraud are, are definitely maybe some legitimate uh, ways the state can uh, have a function, you know, the kind of the minarchist night watchman uh, role, but I, I honestly think they do a poor job of it, and it can be more efficiently done in the private sector by people who actually care instead of people who are looking for uh, uh, to gain political power. Um and uh, yeah, if, if I, I can just read really quick directly from the website of uh, Oregon Recovers, uh, this is like their first like big uh, clause or like goal for their organization is reduce addiction rates by reducing harmful alcohol consumption. Alcohol is a toxic, addictive substance consumed by 70% of Oregonians. Uh, the ACRA, which is Bill 3296, the addiction... Uh, what is it? I forget the crisis recovery. Yeah. Thank you. Addiction crisis recovery act is, uh, designed to reduce, uh, harmful alcohol consumption amongst underage drinkers and binge drinkers. The two leading contributors to Oregon's high addiction rates by raising the wholesale price of alcohol, 20% and requiring minimum pricing of alcohol. Moderate drinkers and local manufacturers will not be negatively impacted by the price increase. The, which is, it, it's fantastic that they think they could just say something in one sentence that contradicts itself so hard. It, it, it's really impressive that they could just say, <laughs> it's like people who consume this product will not be affected by the increase in the price of this product. It's a very bizarre, uh, very temperance movement sounding organization. And um, honestly, I reached out to uh, the um, don't tax my drink.org, the um, kind of the face of the Oregon beverage Alliance. That's trying to uh, uh, oppose this tax. And um, I don't think there's a lot of concern right now because the bill hasn't made it to committee. I don't think it's even been read on the floor yet. Um, but uh, it, 
you know, a lot of, I think, you know, uh, uh, people in the industry are like, this will never happen. This is crazy. Um, and I don't know. I'm, I'm much more, maybe I'm just more paranoid, but, uh, I, 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 this organization is actually funded by three different County governments. It's funded by Washington County, Clackamas County and Lane County Health and Human Services. So they've got some juice behind them and they have a team that has experience in the political realm. I'm not just going to assume that they're, they're a nothing threat that should just be, you know, dismissed out of hand. You know, they probably want to open up with this ridiculous, uh, demands up front and then negotiate it down. You know, they're starting up really high so they can say, well, okay, everyone, you're whining and hemming and hawing about this $70 barrel tax. Well, I'm fine. We'll bring it down to 30. And that's not even the highest in the nation, you know? And my kind of answer is this, like, no, if you're going to be insane enough to even propose this at all, you have no business being in political discourse. So, uh, I'm going to right now get something started. I, I'm not exactly sure what form it's going to take, but I want there to be an election challenge to the uh, two representatives that uh, that sponsored this bill and got it on the floor. Um, it's Representative Rachel uh, Prosak uh, of the District 37, which is um, <clears throat> kind of like West Lynn area. And then Representative uh, uh, Tana Sanchez, uh, who represents District 43 of North and Northeast Portland. Um, uh, and uh, one of my friends, who's a, who's a socialist, but who's very um, uh, longtime friend, socialist, very, but still very pro, you know, the beer industry doesn't want to see a monkey hammered with this bill, was saying, like, he did some research and she wasn't, uh, she wasn't primaried. Uh, or even really opposed by any other party. She just ran unopposed in the last election. So um, I want to change that. I want to, you know, if they're... First, I would say I'd like to demand that, you know, the Democrats run a challenger against her, uh, yeah, Repre uh, Representative Sanchez, in the next election. And if they're not willing to, I'm going to get a coalition of Democrats, Republicans, Greens, Libertarians... Uh, independence, everybody, and we're going to say, no, we are going to put the heat on you now because we, I don't ever want to see this again. I want this organization to have immediate fierce resistance because I'm worried that there's a lot of people, if they heard this organization's uh, uh, shtick for long enough, they might start to be like, oh, you know what? Maybe we should take a heavy hand to the alcohol industry. They are doing a lot of harm, even though it's the government that's, you know, making everybody's lives miserable and turning them to alcohol. They might start listening to it, and we might have a resurgence of the temperance movement. And I don't want history to repeat. I, uh, I, I so I, I don't want to just wait around for them to get more power, for them to you know figure out, figure things out, make connections. They already got an endorsement endorsement from the National Teachers Union for this bill. So they're they're not ineffective. <laughs> like they, I I will give them. I will give them the compliment that they may be a serious threat. So we should make a, an equally serious threat against them. So, Folks, let's take a moment out for a word from Jake and his Tasting Anarchy podcast. Hey everyone, Jake here, host of the Tasting Anarchy podcast. Join my co-host Mason and I each week as we explore the world of wine and alcohol through a liberty lens. You can find us on all your major podcatchers, tastinganarchy.com or Tasting Anarchy on Twitter. Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Find out how much government is in your drink. The, the idea that they have... Anchored high, that's a, a Chris Voss negotiating term, that they have anchored their wants high, expecting to come down, looking like they're making a compromise, and giving giving the counterpart some feeling of power is a good thought. The other thing that you've suggested is that these people aren't going away until they're unelected. So this idea is not going away. It's been it was admitted, I think. I read in 2018, and it's been coming back, and this whole thing started, I think, uh, when Kate, um, I'm going to get the words wrong, but Kate Brown said that uh, addiction is a public health crisis or something to that effect, 
And so now here we are. Uh, you know, there, you made another point that's interesting. When government comes up with an idea, they have no obligation to demonstrate that it's effective, that there are actual benefits to be had, or what are the costs of obtaining those benefits versus the expense of getting those benefits. And if, you know, um, there, there's a popular comparison in in some libertarian podcasts to why well, if Walmart did that, they'd be out of business. Or, But government has apparently no obligation to demonstrate any efficacy of their ideas, just that I have an idea, let's turn this into a law. <laughs> oh, nobody, well, that's not true. Very few people challenge them on the idea or the effectiveness or or the soundness of these of these what seem like really silly ideas and i think this this approach to a problem is a silly idea now this past year being meaning 2020 and quite possibly in all of kate brown's whole tenure i've not been here that long uh oregon has oregon has been a bit of a mess with allocations or misallocations of taxpayer funds. And it's, we might, I don't think we're the top, but we might be one of the best in in screwing up collected income. Now, I, I, I don't know how to get to taxation. So does that part sound right? Because I think, I know you've been here longer, so you maybe have a better sense of that. Even if it is or it isn't, why should taxpayers now feel that suddenly everything's going to be on the up and up and the potentially hundreds of millions of dollars they intend to collect is going to be used in the way they say? Well, I just I, I think that when one party rules pretty unopposed, you know, just like if, you know, there was only one, you know, restaurant chain in a in a town, you know, there's no uh, need to try harder. There's no need to show that, Hey, you were efficient with resources. There's no need to, you know, improve your product. You can just carry on with business as usually not to try very hard. Um, and when it's competitive, uh, when there's, you know, another party, you know, or group breathing down that party's neck, then they got to be like, Oh man, we've got to make everyone happy. We've got to really do a good job. We got to think about what everyone can agree on. And, you know the rest of the rest of Oregon uh, calls it itself, you know, tongue in cheek, the People's Republic of Portland, and and it's because we're ruled by Portland, and they, you know, another really good example, uh, like it it's, doesn't have anything to do with alcohol per se, but it's, uh, you know, during the really bad fires we had um, last uh, last year, we. You know, we were there was a, an article that went out that saying, you know, all our Chinook helicopters are are in Afghanistan right now. You know, during a really, really critical moment where they could have been really useful. We lit all of we, we have all of our, you know, fight really powerful firefight firefighting helicopters on the other side of the world. And uh, so, uh, you know, I don't know. I've talked to people about that issue and, you know, progressives, conservatives, libertarians you know, uh, independence, they all, they all think, wow, that's not good. Uh, <laughs> and that's because, you know, Oregon as, you know, progressive it is, hasn't stood up, uh, you know, to the warfare state and said, you know, our resources are better at home than, you know, getting blown apart or destroyed in Afghanistan, uh, or other other theaters on the other side of the world. So I think there's a lot of issues we could come together uh, about. And if these representatives aren't going to uh, back down or the Democrats aren't going to put up a, uh, a primary challenger, um, I think it's very possible uh, to go to other parties and say, hey, look, what do we all agree on? And just spitball for a while and say, okay, we got these five things we can agree on, right? We're going to put up a candidate. Each one of us is going to put up a candidate that's going to run on these. And whoever rises to the top, we'll all support them. All the other issues get left alone. And we just, we knock out the, the Democrat out of, out of, out of their seat. And then we can just work on this on different, you know, and different, uh, you know, in different districts. I think there, the coalition can be had because the Democrats are not, are not responding 
to you know our problems and are honestly making new ones that we're now having to fight. So uh, that's I think that's what I'm going to start. Uh, yeah, working on. I'm uh, was also thinking another good strategy uh, would be to uh, print out some stickers, um, giving you know. Uh, consumers a really quick lowdown of what's going on and going to stores with beer cooler doors and slapping these stickers on the beer cooler doors. So every time someone buys a bottle of beer, they'd see this sticker and say, Hey, do you want this beer to be, you know, uh, ridiculously more expensive than it already is? Do you want to have, you know, six pack prices akin to Australia? You better get out and, you know, uh, help us out here. Your representative here in this district is going to pass a bill. It's going to raise taxes by, you know, you know, 20, you know, 2000, you know, percent, you know, depending on what uh, type of alcohol you consume. Uh, and I have to figure out a way to make that very pithy and short. <laughs> but yes. uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think that would uh, work out really well. Um, so uh, yeah, I think that's going to be besides the convention that's coming up here, uh, May 15th for the Oregon Libertarian Party. Uh, afterward, that's going to be one of my big projects is trying to see if we can uh, cobble together coalition and get, you know, a decent libertarian in each one of these districts to run uh, run against these uh, run against these people. So we have mentioned that Oregon Recovers has a spiffy web page and a lot of the content is pretty impressive until you click through it and look at what is a fast and loose abuse of statistics. And frankly, it looks like propaganda because it is. Now, that is a hot-button term, but they mean to sway people with that abuse of statistics. Now, this episode is not to dive into the minutia of those details, but it is to point out that their seemingly simple idea, help the alcohol addict, has potentially far-reaching unintended consequences. And, kind of like the bootleggers during Prohibition demonstrated, when people want something, they're going to find a way to get it. That's not a question, but I have one. What is a possible unintended consequence to jobs from this bill? Uh, well, you know, just being on some of the, the beer groups that I posted this on, uh, a lot of nano breweries have come to me and say, like, hey, um, I can't charge my customers for my little six barrel of beer that I'm cranking out in my garage. I can't charge them another, you know, $30, $40 per, uh, per barrel to make up for this tax. I'll just, I'll just be out of business. Um, yeah. He says like, I already pay like 40 grand in tax. I can't pay, you know, uh, 800, <laughs> uh, you know, thousand dollars in, in a new tax or, you know, whatever ridiculous amount it's going to go up by. Uh, so yeah, a lot of them are like this, this has to die. Like this, this, this bill has to die. And I, the politicians need to have the fear of the electorate put into them that, um, this can never be allowed to happen again. Like, like th this kind of proposal, because it, if, if nothing else, just the fact that this bill exists is probably going to cool a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, I'd love to start a brewery in Oregon or I'd love to get into the alcohol industry. And they see things like this going around like, hmm, maybe I should wait. Uh, that's right. pretty scary. Because this tax is intended on any cider or beer or wine, I'm given to think that that includes starting with Washington and California then we get into hey Australia everyone, Jake wine, here, host of the Tasting Anarchy Argentinian podcast. Wine, Join France, my co-host Mason and I. Anybody who's making wine now has to suddenly wine do something to appease You can find us on all your major podcasters, tastinganarchy.com, or Tasting Anarchy on Twitter. Tasting maybe Anarchy, I'm just your wine and liberty podcast. Find out how much government is, is in your drink. This is a massive tidal wave of problems, but... Maybe I'm not. Maybe there is some actual issues to be had, especially in California and Washington, because they're right here. They're right next to us. And they're, you know, I can go to Fred Meyer's now and easily get California Washington wines. And so can you and pretty much anybody else. So there's at least seems possible or plausible that there are some really far reaching implications of this idea. And I think that that's something that needs to at least be addressed or or mentioned and maybe verified or 
denounced. I don't. That's not the right word. There's too much power there. But um, can so you know somebody can say this is or is not the case. But I think that this is important and possibly overlooked or possibly not even concerned. Yeah, I think that they're right in the sense that this will reduce production uh, in Oregon of alcohol. Uh, but this will not reduce consumption like they think it will. And then people will immediately turn to the cheapest alternative. So they'll be drinking worse alcohol, um, to get their, you know, to get their, or, or trying to bring it, yeah, bring it over or homebrew more often or yeah, bootleg. Um, that's, you know, Tennessee has an extremely high tax rate because they're like one of the big bootlegging states, you know, there where there's a big, big uh, culture of, you know, moonshine and making it your own, giving out to your friends and having a business. And if they would like to, you know, have, you know, an even larger uh, version of that here, then this is what this will usher in. You know, we could have it legal and they could get some money for it, but they're going to start pushing us farther down the laugher curve, uh, you know, where if you tax something, you know, more and more, you get actually less and less revenue. Um, then, yeah, then it'll, we'll just move to the gray and the black market with it, you know, and essentially they'll have like the beginnings of a, you know, prohibition-esque, you know, uh, underground speakeasy culture. Like, <laughs> they want to avoid that and keep it all in the light of day. Don't do this tax. Uh, so, yeah, that's it, it really is the, the problem, I think, is that these people are not very, don't have very good imaginations and are economically illiterate. So they can't see that this will, this is what this will bring. Um, although I think, honestly, you don't even need that. You just need a history book. Uh, but um, yeah, there's so many negative potential externalities of this this bill. It's hard to quantify all of them, you know, uh, into a nice tight list. There, there's so many other things, knock-on effects that this will have. I agree with you, and they are economically illiterate and historically illiterate, and they're probably also products of American public education. But that's another episode. Yeah. Uh, so legislation, pretty much of any kind generally has the losers when we think we've probably identified most of them, which is certainly at the retail level, the production level, who would be the winners? If they're making this bill and we have a loser, somebody's winning, who's coming out ahead in this? Um, well, uh, if it didn't push... If I didn't think this bill would push us so far down the Laffer curve, I would say the government um, and government counties and the state. Um, this would make a nice cushy industry for a lot of new company, uh, you know, nonprofits. I'm sure uh, this would uh, definitely give this organization a lot of a lot of dough for do, having done it and kind of directing, you know, policy for it. I mean, they they are saying they'd like to collect like seven hundred fifty million dollars in new taxes with this uh, to fund all these uh, detox beds. So I'm pretty sure they'll be in charge of making sure who gets these divvied out, which politicians, you know, you know, uh, get their campaigns donated to for having pushed it. I mean, this makes a whole new little cottage industry. I think honestly, um, uh, for for them and for other organizations. So uh, I think it might be a good idea to start following the money. Again, we have three county governments sponsoring this organization. So I'd like to get more people in those, that, those counties aware too, that that's what the money that they're paying in county taxes is going to funding a organization that's also advocating for more taxes, which sounds like that should be in itself illegal. Uh, <laughs> It sounds quite incestuous, but uh, yeah, I think a lot of people, if they found out what, what their county governments are doing with this organization, they'd be pissed. Um, I wonder, and there would be no easy way to get this information because they're not going to, they're not going to easily surrender it by simply being asked. You have to ask a clever way, but I wonder what the motivation is for those three counties to support this. And it might just be that 
building the bureaucracy in their county to attend to the rehab centers and the other kinds of things that they say they want to build might be maybe it's just this influx of of cash you know i i don't know but like i said it's not going to be an easy thing to find out but there's a reason they're sponsoring it i just don't know what it is oh yeah absolutely uh and that would be i guess that's the next one of the next things to find out Uh, so let's say there are people in some other state and something's happening in that person's state that isn't an alcohol issue, but it's an issue that would be better, that, that's an important issue, something that's happening and they, that probably needs attention, but it doesn't need, doesn't need statewide government taxation attention. For, for the people who are listening saying, you know, I want to do something, can you give some insight into how you started, first of all, how you found out what's going on, and then how did you use social media? What what kind of guidance can you give people who want to start battling their state on something that's important to them in their state and use social media to get a call to action to people to say, hey, this is happening and it shouldn't be happening? Well, uh I think it's more important to inform than it is to argue. Uh, I, I think that approach to people, um, you know, when you come come out of you know come at them, you know, like ah, I can't believe this. This is this is this is bull crap. Like, like, like I can't. Can you believe this? You guys are all you're probably in on it. Like when you come out angry and frustrated, you're not going to win over people. And they may instinctively disagree with you just because you're this you know, angry person coming at them. But if you say, hey, have you heard about this? What are your thoughts about this? How do you feel about, you know, paying, you know, ridiculous amounts more money for a simple pleasure that, you know, you and others enjoy? Um, and a lot of times they'll be like, whoa, uh, I didn't even know this was happening because a lot of people are checked out of politics, um, even though they can make your life extremely difficult. Uh, so uh, that's what I've just been doing is I've just I spent a lot of hours just following uh, news articles that were discussing this uh, on Facebook and then just going in the comments and replying to everyone's like, hey, have you heard about this? Here's my meme that has all this information on it, like, uh, and, and just like copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste until Facebook said stop, <laughs> chill out for a while, and then I would, and then I'd come back and do it some more, uh, and I just hunt people down, and like I'd message people, you know, through Messenger, saying like, hey, I saw you had this, you know, comment that you weren't liking the taxes. Have you? Uh, did you know that you know these representatives are doing this? And here's, you know, one of the few resources we have right now to fight it. It's, you know, donttaxmydrink.org and just, you've got to have some sustained energy. You've got to be brave. you got to, you know, you can't, you just got to talk to strangers about it. And even if it, you know, feels weird and, you know, I, I know some people don't like talking to people out of the blue or to going up to strangers and telling them how they feel about things, but you got to do it if you care about it. If you care about it, do it. Just do it. And you're going to screw up and you're going to mess things up probably at some point. You're not going to do it right or you're going to have a bad day and you're not going to be able to put any energy that day. But just, yeah, just keep on keep on pushing it and then people will start to glob onto it. They'll be like, oh, hey, this guy's the leader or this gal, you know, that they're trying to push, uh, you know, push for this thing. And I'm really for that. Hey, do you need any help? And then the, once you get, you know, those those people that are like your core helpers or activists – They'll start taking the load off of you, and then you can, uh, it, you know, kind of snowballs. I, at least I, I kind of see that. Um, again, I have three friends who uh, are very Democrat, socialist, you know, progressive-minded, who are all, like, ready to go uh, yell at a county government about taxes being increased. That's awesome. That's a huge win for us. That's great. A yeah, socialist is saying too high on taxes. That's awesome. Taxes are too damn high, yeah. 
Oh, and you know, um, you know, one of my friends was uh, emailing their representative, and they got a very wishy-washy answer uh, uh, about it, and saying like, "Well, you don't have to worry about it because it's not going to the committee." And uh, I was like, eh. "I was like, well, I haven't heard back from my rep yet, but I'm sure she'll be good on it because we're in Hood River County, we're a giant tourist." county for portland you know people come in drink you know cider and beer we have tons of breweries that are famous uh like freem and uh, freem and uh, full sale and uh i thought this like yeah because our county re relies so much on tourism that they'll they'll be she'll, she'll be totally fine good on this she spent the first half of the email explaining why it was a good idea and then the second half was like uh, and you know, I understand this would be hard for beer companies, but we'll, um, you know, I, I'm already introducing legislation to help out with the coronavirus, and you know what, you don't even have to worry about it because it isn't even committee yet. And I was like, wow, that instilled precisely zero confidence in you. So you know, I think secretly a lot of the legislators, especially the Democrats, are going to be down for this. And if it gets if it gets it advances too far, we might have you know, have it brought up and it could, it could move, uh, you know, onto the floor and, and through the process a lot faster than we realize. And maybe, yeah, they anchored high and it'll get, it'll get chopped down to not a, an insane level, but it's still going to be a huge increase no matter what. So we gotta, we gotta move. We gotta, they, our politicians gotta see that there is an instant negative, gigantic reaction to, to things like this, and we can't budge. In fact, I, honestly, I kind of want to anchor high on the low end and say, actually, I think it's time to cut taxes for Oregon alcohol. Uh, yeah, let's let's cut all the taxes for all uh, Oregon alcohol in half because the pandemic has been so, you know, hard on people, and just go like completely crazy the other direction. So they have to meet us halfway in the middle, which is what we have right now. So. <laughs> Do you know when does the legislative session end? I do not. I do not have that information on me at the moment. So I didn't even think about it till just now. I just want to know what our window is before we can breathe the sigh of relief until next year. Yeah. Well, I'm going to keep the the pressure on these politicians so all the other ones can see, you know, the consequences of going after the the beer industry like this. And now, <laughs> these two are the Oregon Senate, right? This yeah, is the House bill. No, this is uh, uh, the or, or the Oregon representatives. Um, this is oh, so it is the House. Yeah, all yeah, right. It. So this is Representative Rachel Prusak of District Thirty Seven and Representative uh, Tana Sanchez of District Forty Three, and they're both in the Portland metro area. And they, I'm sure they have breweries in their districts that would be very unhappy to find out what they're pushing. <laughs> well, we'd like to think they would, wouldn't we? All right. Well. I appreciate your time. This was really just, I, I felt it was important to get this information out, partly because I'm opposed to this idea, obviously for a variety of reasons, but certainly I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want legislators telling me what is in my best interest. I know better than anybody else what's in my best interest. And since I can volunteer to not buy alcohol and therefore pay no tax, I don't mind paying the tax. Yes, I do. But if, <laughs> but that's also that, but to get the thing I want, I'm fine. To get to double the price, then I'm less fine. And the ripple effect of for the job, no, they, they claim about, I don't know what they claim, but the jobs impact, I think, is not zero. I think it's going to be substantial. Oh, and, it's going to be thousands. Yeah. You know, between, between the wineries, maybe you have too few, too fewer tasters in the tasting room. Or, or there's, there has to be an impact. I don't have the vision to see what that's going to be, except I know that it will be not zero. And now what do we do with the people? <laughs> All this, here's, this is just hyperbole. The people who now are unemployed because the tax on alcohol is too high, don't have a job, so now they can't afford to buy the alcohol because they're unemployed. <laughs> just become stupid. So yeah, I, and the one final thing, the 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 thing I think that makes me the angriest about this is that these breweries were doing everything that they were told. You know, they they social distance, they sanitize, they they shut down, they reduce capacity, 
They jump through all these hoops, and they're so altruistic, too. The entire industry is, practically. And now they're saying, and for your reward, we will tax you out of existence. So at a certain point, you just got to be like, damn, someone's got to stand up for these guys. These are good people. <laughs> Stop helping us. Indeed. All righty. Well, thank you very much, Will. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Dan. Have a good afternoon. You do the same. And we'll Cheers. talk to you soon. Cheers. All right, folks, that's going to do it. I'll put the link to the Oregon House Bill 3296 on the show notes page, culinarylibertarian.com slash 130, as well as a link for the Oregon Libertarian Party Facebook page. I'm also going to add a link to a free book by Murray Rothbard called Anatomy of the State. Rothbard's book is pretty short and it's an easy read, but don't let the size or ease of read fool you. It is a detailed explanation of what the state is and does. From Rothbard, quote, The state has invariably shown a striking talent for the expansion of its powers beyond any limits that might be imposed upon it, end quote. Visit culinarylibertarian.com slash anatomy to see the download options. Please visit my support page, culinarylibertarian.com slash support. You can become a patron on Patreon, contribute by PayPal or Venmo, or purchase a coffee mug. Share this episode on your social media feeds and like it when you share it. Also, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher and subscribe so you get the show directly in your feed. Thanks for listening. Have a good week, and I'll see you soon. Music for the Culinary Libertarian Podcast is provided by Matthew Bankert at mattbankert.com.